This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, the 29th day of December 2020. Only a couple of days left uh, in this nightmare year. Welcome to a wake-up call here on Sports Country Radio. Appreciate uh, some of your time this morning. Lots to get to this morning. Of course, the Patriots last night. Uh, (laughs) uh, Embarrassing probably does not uh, properly... Sum up that game last night. We'll get to that in a couple of minutes. Let's get to our daily COVID update, uh, what's going on around the world of sports because of uh, the coronavirus. Uh, The Tennessee Titans have put their kicker, Stephen Gostowski, on the reserve COVID list. It doesn't mean that he won't play this week. Uh, It just means that uh, he has either tested positive or he is in quarantine um, after being in close contact with somebody. So we don't know. Uh, I'm assuming he's not positive. I'm assuming it's just uh, a contract t- uh, tracing thing and they're keeping him uh, isolated for now. Um, obviously, look, you know, Gostowski has not had the greatest year. Um, he's 46 for 40 at an extra points. He's struggled a bit uh, with field goals. He has made 18 of 26. But what's interesting is, is that he, you know, while he has his overall percentage for field goals isn't as good as you might have expected in the past, uh, he's hit seven field goals 50 yards or longer. That's the most of his career. So, uh, and look, the Titans uh, have a huge game. They need to win on Sunday in Houston. I mean, it's a game that they should win, but it's going to be a lot more difficult if you don't have your kicker. So they're hoping uh, that Gostowski will be able to play. So uh, that's number one. Um, uh, also in the NFL, the Carolina Panthers, they're going to have their uh, their home finale uh, with the New Orleans Saints. They have, they have changed the attendance uh, standards for this weekend. They had allowed 5,200 uh, at each of their previous seven home games. It is going to be decreased to just 1,500 fans this weekend because of the increase in the COVID-19 numbers in North Carolina. Uh, so uh, only 1,500 fans in Carolina this weekend. But the fact that anybody's going, you know, frankly, is probably a miracle. Um, in college basketball, East Tennessee is going to allow uh, 10% capacity for its basketball games starting Wednesday night for both the men and the women. Um Again, with the numbers going up, that's actually surprising that they're going to let anybody in at all, but you know, so be it. Um, it seems in the South they are a little bit more willing uh, <laughs> to put people at risk. Uh, Syracuse women's basketball game that was scheduled for Thursday night against North Carolina has been postponed. Um, Syracuse has had some positive uh, COVID-19 tests within their program, uh, so they are being very, very cautious 
so they have shut down for a period of time. And uh, the San Antonio Spurs in the NBA have announced that they are not going to bring fans in for their home games, at least temporarily. They had planned to start bringing fans in as early as Friday uh, in their game against the Lakers, uh, but they have decided uh, yesterday that they are going to remain without fans for now. Again, you know, it's just smart. It's just smart. You know, I mean, we had uh, we've had a hundred people here in the state of Connecticut die in over the weekend from this thing. A hundred people over the weekend in a small state like ours. You know, where the where the positive test rate, by the way, is just about six percent, which is lower than a lot of places around the country. And we had a hundred people die over the weekend. So the fact that anybody is, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not going anywhere. You know, I don't, I'm not going out to dinner. I'm not going out in any public place, you know, we'll spend time around my family. Um, but other than that, I am not willing to do that. And anybody that is, you know, you braver man than I Gunga Din. That's all I'm going to say. Um, the, uh, Florida is not going to have its top four receivers for the cotton bowl. Um, against Oklahoma. One of them is COVID-19 related. Uh, Jacob Copeland uh, said he isn't going to make the trip because uh, he has tested positive for the virus. Uh, But three others have decided that they are not going to play because they want to concentrate on the NFL draft. Uh, Trayvon Grimes, Kadarius Toney, and uh, Kyle Pitts, their tight end, um, have all decided they are not going to play. Now these are the, those four guys combined to catch 174 passes for almost 2,800 yards and 34 touchdowns. So uh, Florida is going to be uh, in a bit of a hole. Uh, and but you know, like I mean, I, I can understand it to a degree. And we and it's not just the coronavirus. Obviously, one of them is because he tested positive. But we see this every year. You know, where guys, you know, your regular season's over. You have the anticipation of being a high draft pick. You don't want to do anything to possibly screw that up. Uh, And Pitts, uh, the tight end, is actually projected to be somebody who is going to be drafted in the top half of the first round. They think he will be a top 15 pick. Uh, Grimes and Tony are also our guys they think will be early round picks, but uh, Pitts is the one that they think will definitely be a top half of the first round pick. So, you know, it's, uh, we've seen it before. We'll see it again. Um, but uh, it certainly is going to make things very difficult uh, for Florida when they uh, line up against Oklahoma. All right, let's get to the Patriot debacle from last night. It, you know what, at this point, I guess you can't even call it that. The, wasn't last night expected? Didn't we all expect the Patriots to get embarrassed last night? I did. You know, and there is no other way to put it but absolutely embarrassed. The Patriots had just 201 yards of offense the entire night. 201. Uh, the quarterback play? <laughs> um, Cam Newton, 5 of 10 for 34 yards. Now, he did score one of their touchdowns, or their only touchdown, I should say. Uh, he ran four times for 24 yards and, and had a, a weird-looking touchdown. They looked like they had him in the backfield, and somehow he stumbled into the end zone from nine yards out. But he got benched in the third quarter, so they brought in Jared Stidham, 4 of 11 for 44 yards. Patriot quarterbacks last night, 9 for 21 for 78 yards. Uh, by the way, Cam Newton's 34 yards passing. 
the fewest by a Patriots starting quarterback since 1993. It's been a long time. The Buffalo Bills became the first division opponents, the division opponent to sweep the Patriots since 2000. It's been 20 years since somebody in that division swept the Patriots, and that was uh, the Dolphins and the Jets did it back in 2000. Last time the Bills swept the Patriots was in 1999. Uh, you know, but again, we kind of expected this. Nobody expected the Patriots to win this game last night. Josh Allen, 27 for 36, 320, four touchdowns, no picks. Just this guy, uh, while his accuracy at times has been in question, last night, 27 for 36, and that was with, I think, I want to say four drops. And and when I say drops, they were balls that were <laughs> in guys' hands or right into their chest and they didn't catch him. I mean, you know, he, he could have had four more completions last night, at least. And not only that, the stuff that he is able to do with his legs. He only carried the ball four times for 35 yards, but he made some big plays with his legs. And his ability to, you know, when he's getting pressure and the, the secondary has guys covered, his ability to make something happen with his legs in addition to the arm that he has is impressive. You know, you, we talk all the time about, you know, what Cam Newton's able to do with his legs. And Josh Allen is not Cam Newton in terms of his speed and his ability uh, to run the football, but Josh Allen is a big dude. And to be as mobile as he is at his size is impressive as hell. You know, uh, I, am, uh, I am becoming a fan of this kid. Quarterback rating of 138 last night. And, you know, just... Stefan Diggs, what a huge addition to this Buffalo team. Nine catches last night, 145 yards. Uh, he has been more than they could have hoped. He became the third player in the history of the AFC East to have 110 receptions and 1,400 yards in a season. The only two guys in that division that ever have ever done that it was Wes Welker in 2011, and Marvin Harrison did it for Indianapolis back in 1999. You know, Diggs has been more than more than advertised. And Josh Allen last night, you know, it wasn't just Diggs. 11 different guys last night were targeted. 11 different guys. 10 different guys had receptions. You know, I mean, you just, you can't ask any more than that. It was a clinic. I mean, by the way, Diggs had their last, their last three touchdowns, 50 yards, 18 yards, and eight yards from Josh Allen. You know, and it was so bad for the Patriots last night. I mean, look, you know, you had some hope when Newton runs it in with about uh, 10 and a half to go in the second quarter. And then it just, typical Patriots, Nick Folk, who's been so good all year, misses the extra point. And so instead of it being tied, it's 10-9. And, you know, then it just got ugly from there. Just, ugh. I mean, I guess the good news is it's over soon. 
they uh, will host the New York Jets on Sunday, a game that nobody will watch. <laughs> I mean, you have you are going to have to be the biggest diehard Jet or Patriot fan to want to watch that game. Honest to God. You know, and if you're the Patriots, I mean, at this point, I guess you almost, you know, if you're a Patriot fan, you almost hope you lose this game. Improve the draft position. You know, hell, a couple of other teams, you know, win on on uh, on Sunday, and all of a sudden, your draft pick, you could jump up three, four places in the draft by losing that game to the Jets. So let's hope the Jets want to finish out the season with a three-game winning streak. But, man, this, this season can't end fast enough. And, you know, one of the th- comments, the post-game comments that – Cam Newton made last night, and look, he was frustrated, and I get it. Look, no one is saying that Cam Newton is not trying. You know, but he he said, uh, I've sacrificed so much this year, and it hurts when you have an outing that you have tonight. What the hell has he sacrificed? Sacrificed. You have a contract that's paying you a million dollars. You haven't sacrificed anything. The Patriots have sacrificed a million dollars for you to stink. You know, and I don't care how many rushing touchdowns he has. You know, he, you know, tied the Patriot record last night with Steve Grogan for rushing. T- I don't care. He stunk. You know, the fact that he can run the football, great. The problem is, is he, you know, he can't hit the, a bull in the ass with a handful of rice. His accuracy is, you know, his arm just isn't there. This isn't Cam Newton uh, from you know years ago, this is a diminished Cam Newton, and I, so I don't want to hear that he has sacrificed anything. Got the crap. You're getting paid, and you're getting paid to stink. Can't get over fast enough. And if Bill Belichick doesn't start Jarrett Stidham on Sunday, and I know everybody that worships at the the altar of Bill Belichick, you know I I get it. You know, and you, with all the championships, how dare you question Bill Belichick? But if he doesn't start Jarrett Stidham on Sunday, he's an idiot. There's nothing else that you need to see from Cam Newton. You know what he is. And, and I can't believe the Patriots are going to consider bringing this guy back next year. But maybe they are. You know, but if you're the Patriots, you there's, there's free agent options out there that are better than Cam Newton. There's trades that you can make that can make you better, you know, hell. I'm not convinced Jared Stidham doesn't make him better. But let's the, let the kid play. Start him on Sunday against the Jets. Let him play four quarters. Let him play the entire game. For God's sake, I'm begging you. Enough. And if you're the Bills, now you have a big game. You know, a big game. They have the Dolphins coming up. It's a big game for the Dolphins. Because they're going to need it to get into the playoffs. And if you're Buffalo, you want to win it because you then guarantee the number two seed. So you'll be at home except for the AFC championship game, which would have to go through Kansas City. If Buffalo were to stumble next week against the Dolphins, that opens the door for Pittsburgh to get the two seed. So, you know, Buffalo has to win. They have to win 
So they're going to play their starters against the Dolphins. I can't believe they won't. Because I think that number two seed and getting that home field advantage in very cold Buffalo is going to be huge. Just like the Green Bay Packers are hoping they are able to secure that number one seed. Now, they're going to have to win their game to to guarantee it. But if they can get the one seed and make teams have to come in to Green Bay in bad weather, ask the Tennessee Titans how it worked out for them in the snow. I mean, it doesn't help that you've got Aaron Rodgers, the likely NFL MVP on the other side. But, you know, ask the Titans how they like playing in that weather the other night. So, um, other NFL news. And this, you know, I guess it was shocking, but I guess it also wasn't at the same time. The Washington football team released Dwayne Haskins yesterday, the guy who started their game this past weekend. Now, he stunk, you know, <laughs> he, he uh, you know, committed three turnovers and ended up getting benched. And that was after uh, getting disciplined for breaking the uh, COVID-19 protocols by going to a party. His, I guess it was his girlfriend's birthday party and a bunch of people weren't wearing masks. You know, and before the uh, the game, he had been fined forty grand and had his captaincy stripped away. Well, now he's had his uniform stripped away. And Ron Rivera has, uh, they have cut ties. And now Ron Rivera, with his playoff life on the line, because if they beat the Eagles, they are in. And it won't matter what happens with the Cowboys and the Giants. If they beat the Eagles, they are in. But they are going to have to do it and pray that Alex Smith can come back to play quarterback this weekend. They are hoping to have him back. If not, your playoff hopes are going to reside with a guy by the name of Taylor Hankey. And he wasn't awful when he came in in relief last weekend of, of Haskins. But is that is that who you want to have your uh, uh, your playoff hopes hanging on? And as far as Haskins goes, look, you know, this is obviously a maturity issue. This is not the first trouble that he got into with this party. You know, if you remember, uh, he missed the final play of, of his of his uh, of a game last year when he decided to stop and take a photo with a fan in the stands. Uh, earlier this season, he disappeared from practice with uh, some mysterious illness after he got benched. So, in other words, pouting. And, he, and you know, he twice this year got caught violating the COVID-19 protocols. This wasn't the first time at this party. So, obviously, maturity is a problem. You know, and let's, for, you know, let's not forget, he left college early. But this is a guy that was a first-round pick by the Washington football team. Not their first bust. Ask Robert Griffin III about that. And I found it interesting last night, and and I think only, only another uh, black man could have done this. Booger McFarlane last night on uh, ESPN um, went after not Haskins per se, 
but went after black players in particular last night. And he said the problem, he says, is that a lot of these players come, come into the league, black players come into the league saying, not how can I be a better player or how can I be a better teammate? They come in saying, you know, how can I build my brand better? How can I build my social media following better? How can I work out on Instagram and show everybody that I'm ready to go, but then when I get in a game, I don't perform? And he said Haskins isn't the first case he's seen like that. You know, Jamarcus Russell, remember him? Number one pick in the draft, got $40 bucks, gone. You know, now... McFarlane has a point. This is, but this is part of. This isn't just a black-white issue. This is a 2020 or 2000-ish issue. People are all about their brand. Look at Tom Brady, TB12. That's his brand. Everybody wants a brand. Everybody wants to market themselves instead of worrying about doing your damn job. They're worried about marketing himself. He's not wrong. But this is not just a black issue. Ask, ask Johnny Manziel. Right? Ask Jake Locker. Ask Ryan Leaf. Ask Paxton Lynch. There's other guys that have uh, submarined themselves, so to speak, for one issue or another. So it's not just... Because Dwayne Haskins is black. Now, Booger McFarlane can get away with that because Booger McFarlane is black. You know, uh, if Adam Schefter had come out and made this kind of comment, Adam Schefter would have been fired uh, this morning. (laughs) So Booger can get away with it. But it's not. This is more about maturity. And this is also why, ladies and gentlemen, you know, where we allow these young kids and I, and I shouldn't say allow because this is a free country. But if you are a general manager or an owner of any professional franchise, be it football, basketball, baseball, whatever, you have to start looking at these young kids that choose either to you know be a one and done in college. These kids that are going into college athletic college basketball, playing for one year and then going into the NBA, or these kids that are coming out early in the NFL, or these sixteen-year-old kids that you are signing uh, to play professional baseball. Understand that you are signing kids. You are not signing grown-ass men. You are not signing guys that played football for four years in college, have had a chance to mature, and maybe learn a little bit of something. You know, you take these guys early, buyer beware. You know, maybe another year at Ohio State would have helped Haskins out. You know, and not everybody that's gotten in trouble has been an early out, but my point is is that this is about maturity. This is about guys coming in and saying, "Hey, I got to get I got to go to work here. This is my job." You know, this would be like, you know, in the days that I worked, you know, in college athletics, I wasn't worried about my brand. You know, I was going to a job. I was worried about doing the best I could for my company, for my university and highlighting my university as best I could. That's what and, and, you know, if you, even if you work at the, the local uh, pizza joint, you know, your job 
is to make the best food or do the or give the best service or do whatever you can to make your company better. It shouldn't be about how can I, uh, you know, make my brand better. How can I get bigger tips? You get bigger tips by by uh, by making the best food or by giving the best service. Do your job right, and your brand will take care of itself. Tom Brady's TB12 brand. If Tom Brady stunk, Tom Brady could have TB12 all he wanted, and nobody would pay any attention. But Tom Brady did his job every year. You know, if Dwayne Haskins came in and worried about doing his job, his brand would be just fine. But these guys are immature. You know, and so, I again, it's not necessarily black-white. It's about smart, not smart, mature, immature. And that is, a, I think, what a lot of owners and coaches and general managers have to start paying more attention to. Not necessarily raw ability, but, you know, at the NFL Combines, they have personality tests and they have other things that they deal with. You know, those kinds of things you need to pay. I think they need to dig more into that sometimes than looking at how fast does a guy run a 40? How accurate is his pass? How hard is his pass? You know, there's other parts of that that go along with it. And you can have the greatest ability in the world, but if you're a bullet head, it makes no difference how talented you are because you're such a moron. You're going to uh, self-destruct before you can, you know, have any success in this league. And that's the problem with Dwayne Haskins. It wasn't ability. He has ability. You could see at times that he had the ability to be an NFL quarterback. But he probably right now has the mental ability to be a Pop Warner quarterback. Maybe a little harsh, but you you get the idea. 31 minutes past the hour. we got to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. 33 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call uh, here on a Tuesday morning. Programming note, no show tomorrow or Thursday. Um, got to play a home improvement boy, uh, helping my daughter renovate her uh, RV that she plans to move into this spring. She's decided she wants to uh, do the tiny house thing, so she's bought a 34-foot RV that uh, dad is, uh, it suddenly has become dad's project. It wasn't supposed to be, but we know how those things go. So anyway, so no show tomorrow or Thursday. We will be back on Friday uh, with our normal uh, visit with Dan Zampano to talk about the final week of the NFL season. i uh, got a couple other NFL things before we move on. Uh, by the way, the NFL is going to be going to 17 games probably for next year. No official vote has been taken uh, but we expect the uh, everybody expect that this is going to happen. They will add another week to the season. The Super Bowl will be pushed back a week, uh, so there'll be 17 regular season games, 18 weeks of a season. With everybody still gets the bye week, uh, and then they will reduce the preseason games probably to just two. Thank God. Uh, you know, I mean, I get that there's got to be some preseason. You've got to be able to look at guys, but you know, a couple of them should be plenty. Um, so anyway, uh, that is probably going to happen. Uh, the Rams are going to be without Jared Goff for their season finale against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Goff, who dislocated his thumb on his right hand in the third quarter of their loss this week, 
um, you know, said that it didn't seem that bad. Well, it was bad enough he needed surgery. He will be out this week. Now, uh, Sean McVay, their head coach, says that uh, he could return a week later if they make the playoffs. And right now that's uh, – well – well, I want to. I, I don't want to say it's an if. I think they're going to make the playoffs because even if they lose um, to the Cardinals, they could still get in if the Bears lose to Green Bay, which I think is going to happen. Um, so, but they are going to uh, instead be. They'll be starting uh, John Wolford, uh, John Wolford, who is out of Wake Forest. Uh, he has been with the Rams for thirty-one games, has never played. <laughs> So, uh, so Wolford is going to uh, to get the start. He is six one. Uh, he is much smaller than Golf. The one thing he does have, he has some mobility. But you're so now your you know your playoff life could be on the line with a guy, uh, you know that hasn't played. You know it's kind of like the Washington football team with uh, Hinky having to start the game this weekend. Perhaps if Alex Smith can't go, so uh, it's the first game in Golf's career in his five-year career that he has missed because of an injury. He did miss one other game, but that was back in 2017 when McVay just sat all his starters. So this is the first game he has missed because of an injury. Um, uh, the NFL fined the Ravens yesterday $250,000 for violating uh, the coronavirus protocols. They are probably fortunate they did not lose a draft pick because that has happened. And Baltimore has had some issues with that this year. Um, but that, that was, uh, they're being penalized for the issue that happened just before Thanksgiving, which led to their Thanksgiving game being postponed. Uh, they ended up with 23 players on the COVID-19 list. And, uh, so they get whacked $250,000. Four other teams this year have been fined for multiple violations like the Ravens. Uh, the Raiders actually lost a draft pick and were fined 500 K uh, the Saints got stripped of a seventh-round draft pick. They got fined 500k. Uh, New England and Tennessee each got hit for 200 or 350 thousand dollars, but they did not lose a draft pick. But uh, uh, the Ravens now will be a, a quarter of a million dollars lighter in the wallet. Uh, baseball news, man. Um, AJ Preller is not messing around in San Diego. Two days ago, he makes a trade to get Blake Snell from the Tampa Bay Rays, automatically putting him right at the top of the Padre rotation. Well, they went one better yesterday. They now have an agreement with the Chicago Cubs to obtain Hugh Darvish. So now the top of their rotation is going to be Hugh Darvish and Blake Snell. Holy crap. Now, they are, and to get Darvish, they're also getting uh, Victor Caratini, uh, who was uh, basically Darvish's personal catcher in Chicago. Uh, and the Cubs are going to get Zach Davies and four minor leaguers. The number, the best guy in there uh, is a young kid, Reginald uh, Perciato. Uh, shortstop. He's only, uh, I think he's only 18 years old and he's, you know, he's a few years away, but he is, uh, their number 11 prospect. And, uh, it was a guy that they did not want to give up. But when you have an opportunity to get you Darvish, you got to take it. And now, and the, the best part about this is think about this. Not only have they gotten Snell and Darvish, 
they have these guys under control through 2023. So they are going to get three seasons of Snell and Darvish in San Diego. You add to that Danilson Lamette, great young pitcher, Chris Paddock, who has been very, very good, a little bit inconsistent, but again, a good young arm. And don't forget, they have Mike Clevenger, who they traded for last year from the Cleveland Indians, at least temporarily the Cleveland Indians. Um, and he'll be back from Tommy John surgery. He's going to miss next year, but he'll be back in 2022. So you would then have Darvish Snell Clevenger as your one, two, three. Wow. That, uh, and that, and, and, they also, by the way, folks, in addition to Paddock, and they have Adrian Morjohn and, and Lamette, who are really good, they have two other guys in the minors, Mackenzie Gore and Ryan Weathers, who are projected to be top-of-the-rotation starters in Major League Baseball. So all of a sudden, this Padre rotation, and we knew they had some good young pitchers, but now you've added veterans like Darvish, Snell, and Clevenger, guys that are going to be together for three years there. The Padres are going to give the Dodgers a run for their money. Now, the Dodgers obviously have more money. and you know, But this is it's looking like an arms race, literally, uh, in the NL West. The other move that the Padres made yesterday – Actually, I think it was on Monday they did this. They signed a outfield or an infielder, I'm sorry, for out of Korea. Hey Sung Kim. Now, you take the numbers a little bit with a grain of salt because it was out of Korea. Although I saw him play a couple of times on television because thank thank God ESPN during the uh, pandemic while baseball was shut down, they started running Korean baseball league games. Uh, but Hey Sung Kim hit 306 with an OPS of over 900 in Korea last season, hit 30 bombs. Uh, And he can play the outfield. He can also play anywhere on the infield. And they have now signed him to a contract. Darvish last year, ERA at 2.01. He finished second in the NL Cy Young. We We know what Snell's all about. We know Snell got lifted out of that playoff game last year against the Dodgers in the World Series, inexplicably. Man, they t- these Padres are going to be really good. I mean, look, and the Dodgers have, you know, they're they're right now they've got some big-time free agents that are uh, not probably going to be coming back. Turner, their third baseman, is a free agent. Um. There are other guys uh, who the other uh, Enrique Kike Hernandez is a guy that is out as a free agent. Now the Red Sox are showing some interest in him. Uh, Jock Peterson is a guy that is uh, free to sign elsewhere. So the Dodgers are going to have to bring some more pieces in They're, They're of course being rumored to be interested in making a trade for uh, Francisco Lindor, but the Dodgers with a lot of great young arms as well, uh, Man, I tell you what, I can't, I can't wait for baseball season. It's, I know it's December 29th, but I, I can't wait. It's killing me. Um, by the way, we'll have the announcement about the Hall of Fame uh, voting coming up here in a couple of days. The voting ends on December the 31st. So right after the first of the year, we will find out uh, if indeed Kurt Schilling does make the Hall of Fame, as most people expect. Um, a lot of the 
early votes that have been announced. There are guys that uh, that will tell you who they voted for. Uh, Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds were getting a lot of love. You know, they might one of them may make the jump and get in this year because it seems like people are uh, now that they realize that there are people in the Hall of Fame that that have used steroids, I think uh, we're finding that the stance on some of these guys, especially a guy like Clemens, uh, who never tested positive, who never uh, was suspended for PEDs, um, it's kind of hard to prove. You know, Barry Bonds is a little bit easier because Bonds basically admitted it and he got caught up in the whole Balco thing. But uh, So we'll see. But we'll have the Hall of Fame induction announcements coming up here uh, in the next few days. So looking forward to that. Uh, we got a few other things to talk about. UConn women's basketball getting ready to uh, resume play tonight. UConn men's basketball will resume play tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk about all that in just a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call. 46 minutes past the hour. The UConn women will play tonight against uh, the DePaul Blue Demons. Uh, UConn comes in at 5-0. and uh, DePaul enters with a 5-2 and record. They are 2-0 and in the Big East Conference. DePaul is ranked 18th nationally. Um, you know, it'll be the first ranked opponent that UConn has played this year. I don't really expect this is going to be much of a game. Um... UConn leads the all-time series seventeen to one, but you just look at you look at uh, some of the numbers and it just doesn't match up well for DePaul. First of all, they are undersized. Uh, UConn is going to have an, a significant size advantage in this game, especially at the guard position, um, where the uh, UConn guards are all bigger uh, than Seton Hall. Seton Hall does have. Some offensive pop, no question about it. They uh, they are 11th best in the nation in points per game at 88.3. Um, you know they've got three guys that that score more than 15 points a game, but uh, the DePaul defense is awful. Uh, you know now they press a lot, so they're going to turn their opponents over. That's all well and good, but they're still allowing 80 points a game. And opponents are shooting almost 50% from the field against them. So uh, that does not bode well. And uh, UConn will have Aliyah Edwards back in the lineup tonight. The 6'3 freshman forward had a little bit of an ankle tweak, missed the last game. But since they've had, uh, you know, time off, that has had time to heal. So she will be back in the starting lineup. Olivia Nelson-Adota is uh, the junior is having the best start to her career. And Paige Becker is the freshman point guard. Good good Lord. She's just... uh, she is everything that we thought she was going to be. So I expect this will be an easy UConn victory tonight. Uh, the women's top 25 came out. UConn actually dropped a spot. They won their only game last week, um, but they uh, dropped a spot to number four behind North Carolina. Stanford got 26 of the 31st place votes. Uh, they had their first big test of the season. They played uh, uh, number 10 UCLA uh, last week and beat them by 12. So they stay at number one. Uh, Louisville got one first place vote. They stay at number two. North Carolina State gets two first place votes, uh, and uh, they are eight zero, and they uh, get two. They are one point ahead of UConn, so UConn drops down to number four. South Carolina stays at number five. The rest of the top uh, uh, top fifteen about the same. So, uh, you know, UConn. It, look, who cares about the rankings? I, Gino Ariema doesn't care about the rankings, and you know, a lot more is made out of that than than. It should be. 
Uh, as far as the men's top 25 goes, uh, obviously Gonzaga undefeated stays at number one. They get uh, 62 of the 64 first-place votes. Baylor gets the other two. Um, what's amazing about this top 25 is that the Big Ten, which really is, what, 12 teams. It's not 10 anymore. But the Big Ten has nine teams in the top 25. Nine. Uh, that's amazing. You know, and uh, uh, Wisconsin and Iowa are in the top 10. And then Northwestern and Minnesota actually jumped into the top 25 this week. Minnesota is 8-1. and one. They are off to a great start. And uh, Ohio State is uh, hanging on. They are the number 25 team in the poll. And, of course, Rutgers is 14th at 6-1. and one. So the Big Ten uh, p- putting on quite a show in the top 25. So uh, UConn men uh, not in the top 25. They lost a tough one to uh, number 11 Creighton last week in overtime. But uh, they will return to the court tomorrow night. They will also play DePaul. Uh, old friend Dave Lado, the coach of the uh, DePaul team, and uh, UConn will have its hands full in this one. But I think UConn's got enough talent. I think that UConn will end up finishing fourth or fifth in the Big East, but they need to get a win against DePaul uh, this weekend. Uh, the UConn men's hockey team shut out the uh, 15th-ranked Providence College Friars yesterday 2-0. Uh, Tomas Vomaka with uh, 37 saves for UConn. Uh, Adam Karashik, the senior, got his uh, first goal since his freshman year. How about that? He hadn't scored in 81 games. He gets the uh, game-winning goal yesterday as uh, they knock off the number 15 team in the country. So congratulations to them. Uh, The AP announced its All-American teams yesterday. Uh, Mac Jones of Alabama, the uh, first-team quarterback, according to the Associated Press, Alabama landed six players on the first team, five of them on offense, not surprisingly, because, frankly, the Alabama defense doesn't scare anybody. Uh, but uh, Mac Jones, the quarterback, uh, Najee Harris, uh, senior running back, is also on the first team. Uh, two members of the uh, first-team offensive line, Alex Leatherwood and Landon Dickerson, are from Alabama, and uh, Devonta Smith, the senior wide receiver, also named to the first team. The only defensive player to uh, make it onto the first team for Alabama, Patrick Sertain. And in case you were wondering, Kyle Trask, the senior quarterback out of Florida, was the second team quarterback. And Trevor Lawrence, who many people believe will be the number one overall pick, uh, was the third team quarterback. And the only, I mean, I got to think the only reason for that uh, is uh, that he missed a few games with the uh, whole coronavirus thing. Uh, but uh, so uh, Alabama, Florida, and Clemson land the uh, the top quarterbacks in uh, the AP Top 25 poll. Uh, you know, this was concerning news. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago uh, where Henrik Lundqvist is going to miss this upcoming NHL season. Of course, he was let go by the New York Rangers, signed a free agent deal with the Washington Capitals. He was going to be kind of their uh, uh, platoon goalie this year. Well, Lundqvist now is going to miss the season because after he signed the contract with the Capitals, um, he took a physical and some other tests, and they have found that he has a heart condition. Now, they, I guess it was always kind of known that he had some heart issues, but it was something that he always monitored and the Rangers monitored. Well... It is so bad that Lundquist is about to undergo open-heart surgery. Um, 
And this is, he is going to have his aortic valve, his aortic root, and the ascending aortic uh, replacement uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks. He's 38 years old. And, you know, whether he ever plays again or not doesn't really matter. But I guess this was to a point where um, the trainer for the Washington Capitals was so concerned about it, they sent him immediately to a cardiologist. They did a bunch more tests. This was one of those things where uh, Lundquist was in danger pretty much every time he went out on the ice or just walked down the street. He could have dropped dead from a heart attack. Uh, So uh, hats off to the Washington Capitals training staff where they uh, uh, they picked up on this and Lundquist is going to have uh, open-heart surgery and hopefully uh, everything's going to be okay. Uh, the AP yesterday named its uh, Female Athlete of the Year, and it was Naomi Osaka, the 23-year-old uh, women's tennis player. Of course, she won the U.S. Open, her third Grand Slam title this year, but uh, one of the reasons – it wasn't – that wasn't the primary reason why they did that uh, – they said that it was her activism away from the tennis court as well as her success on it uh, that led them to uh, uh, to do this. Uh, she was very vocal about the racial injustice going on here in the United States uh, in light of the uh, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, uh, Jacob Blake things that happened over the summer, and she was uh, very, very outspoken about that and so she got 18 of the 35 first place votes to uh, win that award uh, brianna stewart the uh, wnba finals mvp uh, finished second she had nine first place votes and then sarah fuller uh, the vanderbilt women's soccer player who kicked for the football team uh actually got a first place vote and finished third uh girl that nobody <laughs> Even really was on anybody's radar screen until she kicked for uh, uh, for Vanderbilt, but she ends up third on the list. Uh, the day prior, uh, or two days prior, the AP had named LeBron James as the AP Male Athlete of the Year, which was to the surprise of absolutely no one. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow with another, or no, we won't be back tomorrow. What am I saying? We will be back on Friday with another edition of the Wake Up Call. Dan Zampano will join us then. I appreciate your time this morning. We leave you this morning with some music from KT Oslin. She just passed away uh, a few days ago. Uh, had a string of hits in the uh, late 80s and early 90s. So uh, we'll remember her as we go out this morning. Here's KT Oslin and 80s ladies. Have a great New Year's Eve, everybody. We'll see you on New Year's Day, Friday morning because we got to talk some football. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.